It is Friday, and it's Freestyle Friday. You know how we get down. Jersey Drake in the building, and guess what? Week 7, more coverage there. We might be talking about a little bit of basketball, too. ACC tip-off was this past week, and I'm going to give you some bonus coverage that I'll reveal at the end of the show. But, man, we also have to get you set up for some betting action. Can Pitt take on Virginia and do well? Can Carolina beat Miami? Who knows? All these things we're going to discuss. But more importantly, I brought Jersey Drake here because I have to kindly handle myself as FSU took Carolina down this past weekend. So I want to get his thoughts. I know they're going to be wild, so you guys just are going to have to tune in. Let's go. You are Locked On ACC, your daily podcast on the Atlantic Coast Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, Drizzy Drake in the building? And we are back and ready for this Friday. I told him that Carolina was going to handle business last weekend, but apparently that was not the case. They made Jordan Travis look like a Heisman candidate, and I'm so sorry, Carolina fans. But I've been waiting all week to talk to this guy. I'm sure he's feeling good. How are you doing, Drizzy Oh, Drake? I am on cloud nine right now. I've heard every single day this week, folks, where she's like, oh, no, I got to talk to Drake on Friday, like every <laughs> single show, because – I had her on for our little crossover World Cup, something to know your foe whenever we play a team on Friday. And we uh, we got a little into it because me personally, there's only three guarantees in life. Death, mm. taxes, and Mac Brown being a winless head coach against Florida State football. So trust me, I am on cloud nine right now. Oh, and 11, he has not been able to beat his alma mater. And I don't know if it's something with him. Or it's the players not stepping up. Because to me, it was players not stepping up and not being prepared for the game. I don't know how you lose at home when you're losing to a losing record for the state. They've only won one game. Why setting yourself up for greatness? This is the opportunity for you to get in there and get the dub. And you still couldn't get it done. And Jordan Travis had the game of his life. Why? Why do you do this to us, UNC? I just can't understand. Because he's the mayor of Chapel Hill. I don't know if you saw the Google search the other day. That man is that man's yells daddy if we're being completely honest here at this point. Ooh, but also with Mac, with Mac Brown, though, like his coaching, I don't know whether it was him or the players. What was the clock management in the fourth quarter of that game? You guys like burned seven minutes off the clock and you're only, I mean, you're still down by, I think, 18 points. But like it was really piss poor management by whether it was Sam Howell, Phil Longo, or Mac Brown. And then Mac Brown didn't do himself any favors after the game where he's like, well, the media says, you know, we should have been super good. So we're only we only won half the games and lost the other half of the game. So maybe it's more their fault. So I don't know that what's up with y'all up in Chapel Hill right now. There's a lot to unpack there. Well, let's start with game management. Fourth quarter, I really feel as if they gave up, right? They assumed they were not going to be able to get back in that bad boy and just kind of let it be. They don't have the same playmakers who can get back in the game quickly like they used to. And when Josh Downs, hello, all we have to do is cover him and you don't have anybody else you can throw to. And Ty Chandler's not having these explosive plays makes it easier, right? So I think there was a, there was a little bit of quit, unfortunately, I would say. I never say that often about people because I think you go hard. That's the reason why you go out there and play. But I couldn't understand it. And honestly, for myself, I was just over it. I was like, Please just let stop the bleeding, right? Like throw in the towel, throw in the damn towel. That's like that uh, was a Rocky Four. Was like throw in the towel with Apollo. But I will say that I felt bad for Sam Howell because he didn't quit, and you can see yeah. by him extending the play, like leaving the pocket because he didn't have that much protection. Like what I said, like when we spoke, was that our defensive line was going to show up, and Jermaine Johnson showed up, Fabian Lovett, Malcolm Ray, who this is in his second year. Sorry, he's a redshirt sophomore now. He in his second year he 
performed very well for an injured Dennis Briggs. And that's he was the only one that actually showed up because I saw you guys had a lot of drops. Uh, Josh Downs wasn't the same player because he actually got I mean, manhandled. Unload, unload, Drake, unload. Let it, let it, let it out. Tell us, tell oh, us no, 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 no. Oh, trust me, we beat the shit out of y'all. I'm sorry. Like, oh, sorry, I got my button. We beat the <laughs> out of y'all. It was literally, it was a fun game for me to watch. I was at the bar and I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna put some money in this game. I had us plus 17 and a half. I had us money line. I had three separate different ways, and it just showed that to me we're a really good team. So why the hell are we two and four? So that's kind of why I was very, it was a very bittersweet win personally for me. Cause like, yes, I love being up y'all. Cause I love being right. Trust me. I'm a lawyer. That's the one of the big things of us for our profession, but it shows to me like how the hell are we two and four with losses to Jacksonville state and over a Notre Dame team, Louisville, who has been, you know, we have no idea what the hell they are. The only loss to me that makes sense is the wake forest game. So I'm glad we have this bye week, but then I need to see them hit the ground running when we play UMass next week. Yeah, you know, same for me. I know who we are. We're the same complacent team who's consistently inconsistent, who doesn't give you what you need. And nobody factored in just how much of a factor losing all of that NFL talent was going to be. And you thinking that Howell can do everything, but he's one man. He can only throw to the person who's going to actually catch it. And he can only toss or pass it off to the guy who's going to find the hole and run through, right? And defensively, you got to hit your assignments and you got to learn how to tackle. And if you can't, like, if you can't help yourselves and can't compete in the ground game, there's no point of you even being out there. So it's just another day where I sit here and say, Carolina is just going to be Carolina. And we're going to talk about the Carolina Miami game here in a bit, but man, oh man, that's going to be a fun one, right? It's oh, going to I be. Got a lot, I got a lot <laughs> to say actually about that game specifically, especially be a few friends of mine being boosters over here down in Miami. I got some stuff to say about that. <laughs> oh, I'm sure it'd be well, but can we start with the Friday matchup? We are going to go through all the games because there's a, not as many teams playing from the bye week. So I want to get your thoughts on Clemson, Syracuse, more so from the Clemson side. We had locked on Syracuse host Tyler Aki yesterday, and he was talking with us about Syracuse and being ready and all of that good stuff. And I was saying how DJ could have a breakout game. He could not. But, you know, do you think that this is going to be the time where Syracuse finally gets it done or Clemson decides to step up in a big way? Um, I don't think they're gonna step in a big way. I I know yeah. we consistently say like we're waiting on Clemson and DJ Ongalele to sort of wake up and kind of like turn on. And it's gonna be really funny if I say this right now. He actually does turn on this weekend tomorrow. Sorry today, because as you're listening, yeah, I don't think they're gonna actually turn it on all whatsoever. I think the team that we're seeing right now is who we thought they were. Like, well, sorry, who I thought they were. Like, mm-hmm. primarily one of the big things I was worried about was like who was their running back with Travis Etienne gone. I mean, Will Shipley's not hurt. I mean, who were their wideouts outside of Justin Ross, who hasn't played particularly well? Um, Aju Aju has been a very, you know, hit or miss, you know, wide receiver. And I mean, we know their defense is really good. The problem is like six or seven of them are out because they're hurt. And yeah. then with Garrett Schrader, I mean, it seems like they finally found something with him because he ran for almost 200 yards against Wake Forest. Now, Wake Forest doesn't have a bad defense at all if you look at advanced metrics. But with this circus game, I don't know if they're going to win, but it is kind of funny how four years ago, they did beat Clemson as they were, they were four and two. It is at the Carrier Dome, and it's on a Friday night. And Friday night football, if you've noticed the past few weeks, has been extremely weird. So this might be, and you'll see, I'm going to spoil my pick a little bit. I actually do like Syracuse a lot in this spot to cover the game. It's going to be super close. It might be similar to the Boston College game we saw uh, last week. I think for Dino's sake, I really want him to get one. And if it's going to be one, it might as well be this big upset. So I'm just hoping that Sean Tucker can run all over this Clemson, beat up Clemson defense. They're still excelling, right? They're still one of the best defenses in the country. 
and mm-hmm. holding, you know, teams to a few points, like I think three or less scores. But I don't know. I just I'm throwing it up there that I really do think DJ's about to have a come out game. And I think this might be it because he had some rest. He's able to run his plays at, and, you know, ser- times and hours that are, you know, appropriate instead of having to do it at 1 a.m., 2 a.m., figuring out what his missed throws are. He had, you know, daylight to do that. So maybe he'll figure out how to just excel <sighs> and Syracuse will keep going down. And then I think Dino will be out of there. But that's what I don't want. That is exactly what I don't want. But here we are. Yeah, like <laughs> here's the like when I say that we I I I personally think this this is the Clemson team that we see because I'm of the belief that I've heard that Tony Elliott is no longer the primary play caller at Clemson. It's mm. been Dabo Sweeney since the Ohio State game, and if you notice between that game and this game, the play calling is very mediocre, is very stagnant, and also with DJ, his wide receivers they drop the ball a lot. Like we, I was joking about UNC this past weekend, but Clemson has a really bad case of you know my feet or hand syndrome, like literally they can't catch, you know, a damn cold. And to me, it's going to be very interesting going watching this game. And I don't think DJ's a bad quarterback per se. I mean, you saw with QB one, he was with behind real Mitchell. He's a good kid. He's actually has, has all the talent in the world, but he needs to develop a little bit because all right, all right now he has the big arm and he may not be able to handle the adversity just yet. Cause his confidence right now, in my opinion, by watching his body language is shot. And I really, it's such a yeah. kid. Yeah, Big Cinco is just big and that's all. But maybe he'll figure it out. We'll see. All right, guys, let me tell you about Built Bar. Did you know that Built Bar has so many delicious flavors? There is literally something for everyone. I lately have been loving on double chocolate and strawberry. Can't even begin to tell you, though, how much I enjoy mint brownie. If you like chocolate, let me tell you, all these bars are 100% covered in chocolate. And they're not even just the... They are delicious. The 17 to 18 grams of protein, only four to five grams of sugar, so you can get right snatched and still have a delicious treat. If you haven't tried all the flavors, get that mixed box where you get two of each of the nine. Order today and get your cherry, barcia, raspberry, mint, brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, or whatever you would happen to like. Go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCK15, and you'll get 15% off your next order. Again, that's BuiltBar.com to get 15% off your next order using promo code LOCKED15. All right, so we're back in the building with Drizzy Drake, LOCKED on Seminoles. <laughs> Always have to remember this guy has given us his Freestyle Friday he is faithful in it, and we want to get right into these Saturday matchups, okay? So let's start with the early games, right? We are going to go through and make sure you guys are well-equipped and you know who to just get excited about, the 1231. That will be Duke in Virginia, okay? So you've got Gunnar Holmberg coming into a game where he messed up through an interception at the last second in that Georgia Tech matchup, and now he is facing a great defense. He's facing a decent, he's facing an okay defense <laughs> in Virginia. And then you've got Brennan Armstrong, who will be facing a good, mediocre defense in Duke. And it could be a shootout, but that would require my guy Holmberg to find Jake Bobo in the end zone a few more times than he did. He'd only has found him like once at all. One touchdown to start the season against for Jake Bobo, and that was in like game five. Maybe he'll figure it out for this game against Virginia. They're going to need this. They are still yet to have their first conference win, the Blue Devils. And Virginia is still trying to fight to be atop of the coast. So we'll love to get your thoughts on this game. And if you feel like it's an evenly matched game or somebody is going to have to step up in certain ways. I think Duke blew their best chance of winning a conference game last week against Georgia Tech. 
Um, that game was, and it's not because they're the better team. Yeah. It's mainly because they, Georgia Tech gave them so many chances to win the damn game. Jeff Sims played horribly. And you know I'm a huge fan of Jeff Sims. I don't know if that man had any accuracy at all whatsoever. And Thank you. Oh, my gosh. I literally sat there and I was like, I've heard Tyler and Jersey Drake say that this guy is really an underdog. and over, Like, he's underrated, all this kind of stuff. I'm not seeing it. Like, with the legs, sure. But with that arm, I'm like, baby, who are you throwing to? Who are you throwing to? Yeah, last year, I mean, I think his first three games, I think six of his nine picks were just absolutely just thrown straight to the defender. Now, I mean, like, his arm is a little bit better, but the problem is he's missing, but he's, like, hitting the ground. He's doing overthrows. And mm-hmm. it's not the Jeff Sims that I saw. I was like super excited about moving forward. I still think he can, you know, develop better. But he played a bad game, and Duke kind of didn't capitalize on any of those mistakes. And again, it goes back to cut my guy. Like you, you've won me over since over the summer. But like you need to give the ball or feed some, find some way more to just you know involve like Jake Bobo or Mateo Durant because Gunnar Holmberg should not be your alpha dog in that offense. And because your defense is. is your defense for once actually played a decent game. Come I mean, on. 31 points isn't that isn't great, but like for y'all standards, that's that's above and beyond. So to me, this game, and you're going into a Virginia team that while Brandon Armstrong, I don't know how his arm is still attached to his body with 60 throws, <laughs> but Brandon Armstrong might is gonna shred you with his legs and his arm because Listen. he's not gonna make those bad throws that Jeff Sims had last weekend. Virginia and that offense is they're they're basically a big 12 big big 12 team, little to no defense. But a high-scoring, high-powered offense, we saw that a little bit against Miami. But, yeah, Virginia, to me, is going to basically – they might win this game comfortably. Listen, Mateo Durant needs to be fed at all times. I used to say this so much about Javante Williams at UNC, like feed Javante, feed Mateo. And when it's not working, don't bail on it immediately in the next drive. Like go back to it. So why are we still trying to make Gunnar Holmberg appear to be this Brennan Armstrong or this Kenny Pickett? That's not who he is. He is a game manager. And that's okay. You can be – hey, Burmeister can give you some lessons, some words, some wisdom, right? Just know your role and play it well. Don't do too much. And so I think sometimes, again, I see some flashes, right? You see him pass to J- Jalen Calhoun and Dr- Jake Bobo, trying to say everybody's name at once. <laughs> I think it works well when he wants it to, but don't overdo it. Don't oversell it. When you have fourth down and inches, like I understand you are trusting your defense because they're having a great game, but do you trust that offense? To, do you trust that line to get over and ensure that you can continue your, your drives? I think that was the biggest issue to me is sometimes you have belief in your kicker in Charlie Ham, and then other times you were like, oh, my defense can do it or my offense can do it and go for it, and then they wouldn't, and it was like, damn, the defense had two takeaways and you couldn't come away with no points like that's what good teams do period that's just how you get better and that's what they're gonna have to have defensive takeaways again you can't you're gonna have to play perfect to beat a virginia team with a quarterback like brennan armstrong yeah it's just it's it sucks too because like mateo durant i mean he did get the ball a lot last game i think he carried it around almost 40 times but you need honestly beat that man six times i don't know why gonna homer has 30 pass attempts you play you have 90 snaps and he accounts for almost more than a third of the, your your plays it's it's astounding to me because it should be that he, he he has these special players and he's not, I think, Taylor making a game plan to his best players in order to succeed and win the game. And then to your your defense has two takeaways. Every game I've seen FSU lose over the, in the past four years, they lose a turnover battle. And it's not only because that they have so many turnovers, but because they allow the team to capitalize those points and get like, like I think it was a Louisville game. We had two turnovers and I can see them score on each drive and we lose that game by 10 points. And without those turnovers, like that literally, literally changes the game for you. So that's something that 
with Coach Cutcliffe, I don't see them winning a conference game for the rest of the year. I hope to be proven wrong. Sorry, JJ. But <laughs> this is Cut's, Cut's last stand, and it's not going to end pretty. Ugh, I hate to say it. All right, let's quickly talk about UNC since we already did. But UNC Miami, I would like to know your thoughts here. It's a pretty evenly matched game, apparently, with predictions of who's going to come out on top because you just don't know with either team. But this is Tyler Van Dyke's debut, you know, on a, as an away quarterback trying to really deliver for his squad. And you still have some strong defensive talent. And Sam Howell is used to being swallowed up in that backfield. So who's going to need to step up most? this game to come out with the win. And we're talking about all position groups. Your offensive line, man, primarily because you need to give Sam Howell time because a lot of Miami's DBs are hurt. Their defensive Mm -hmm. line is not the same thing. I I don't know how, why they got so much fanfare when they lost Jalen Phillips, Gregory Russo and Quincy Roche. And those three all got drafted Two of them in the first round. So I don't know why they got so much fanfare. Then Bubba Bolden, He's not playing the same or playing, you know, as well as everyone thought that he would. So to me, it's the offensive line to protect him because all they have really is Chance Williams, who's a second year player. He's going to be good. He's going to be good soon, but he's not going to be, he's not there yet. And then mm-hmm. Nesta Silvera, who I thought could have been a breakout player, and he hasn't performed up to his billing. And then also, like the offensive line, you win the trenches, you're going to win the game. And we saw that last year. I, I mean, I know you guys had Javonta Williams and Michael Carter, but you still can gash this team for run defense i mean just watch the michigan state game against miami a few weeks ago with how kenneth walker absolutely dominated kenneth walker ty chandler is not kenneth walker let's not the third let's not do that i know but don't even put pressure on that man no 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 no. i'm saying you have two players like watch that game and watch how he was able to just just dissect the entire defensive game plan for man diaz who ain't going to be that much longer folks i'm telling you that right now and he's going to be hanging out with me as a donald soon so (laughs) You know what? I'm going to leave that right where it's at. Okay, last 3.30 game, Pittsburgh and Virginia Tech. Do you think the Hokies are going to be able to bounce back after that loss against Notre Dame? And can they match their defense match up against a guy like Kenny Pickett who's playing some of his best ball? This is a weird game to me. Mm. Uh, I think they they blew a really, really good chance to beat be, uh, Notre Dame last week. I, that was a yeah. game that I was not going to touch. It was probably one of the better games of the weekend, but Justin Fuente found a way to coach himself out of that game. Um, and I don't believe in Braxton Burmeister. I've said it before. I said it again. Justin Fuente, I think him losing that Notre Dame game kind of solidified that he may not be with the program very much longer because that game he should have won. And boosters are not very happy about that. And Kenny Pickett, I know that Tyler Aki took a Heisman, Heisman odds on him. And, I mean, I'm not going to take that because personally that's me burning money because uh, he's, he's on a team that lost a bunch of Michigan. I'm not taking that. But, but that Kenny wasn't his Pickett, fault. It, no, and exactly, it wasn't his fault. But hey, listen, that's how Heisman voters are doing with that. But I You're mean, right. Kenny Pickett is a top five QB in the country. He's the best quarterback probably in the ACC. It's it's between him and Sam Hartman. He's got a considerable lead over Sam Hartman. And I think it's, to, it's between him, Sam Hartman, and Brennan Armstrong. Yeah, I can give you Brennan Armstrong, but the problem. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, mm, I love your. Uh, wait, uh, wait a minute. Uh, maybe. Well, we can discuss that later, but with Kenny Pickett, I think he can definitely find a way to capitalize on a, a very just eh Virginia Tech team, in my personal opinion. Okay. Listen, I think that Pittsburgh is going to have to beat the dom- more dominant coastal teams that we've seen in the past, right? We're so used to seeing the Virginia Techs, the Car- Carolinas being in the conversation, the Miamis of the world being in the coastal conversation. And Pitt has been, right? They have been coastal champions. It hasn't been that long ago, but it seems like there's always an up and down factor to them. I mean, they've lost to teams like Duke in the past couple of years. So I think they have to just keep dominating consistently. 
over and over again to really be considered a coastal threat. And I think they can do that here. They've been on a roll and they look really good. I think that Western Michigan game was just one where you had to decide what kind of team you're going to be. And they quickly decided that they didn't want to be sitting down <laughs> dogs for the rest of the season. And so as for a four and one team, Leading the Coastal at the moment is going to be interesting to see how they pull this win off and if they can keep rolling. And maybe they'll, I think, personally think it's going to be Pitt and NC State. But I would love to get your thoughts here on NC State and Boston College. After I remind you guys about one of my favorite things, and that is to bet and always talk about betting with Drizzy Drake. And he is going to give you betting action as we get into these final thoughts here on the show. But if you are already ready to go and you made sure you are set for Friday and Saturday, you're going to bet online. We know that's where the game starts. The fastest and easiest way to bet on all sports action from football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Head to the website or use your mobile device today to sign up. Receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Don't forget to use promo code Locked On to receive your bonus. All right, as we wrap up the show, can't forget to talk about the 7.30 night game on ACC Network, NC State, Boston College, Jersey Drake from Locked On Seminole. He's going to share. Okay. So you have Dennis Grossell, but you have who you have. Now we want the Boston College defense to show and prove here at home. Can they beat a Wolfpack coming off a bye who seems pretty sound? I mean, four and one, the Mississippi State loss was one of those head scratchers you didn't quite understand, but they have got it together. They've got that Clemson monkey off of their back, and now they're ready to just keep rolling. Will they do that in Chestnut Hill? Canton, I'm so sorry about this. What I'm about to say. <laughs> no. Here's the thing we missed that Mississippi State game. Do you remember where that game was played? Yeah. In uh, what's it called? Starkville. Is it you Starksville? know, the la- yeah, it was Starkville. Do you know that that was the last away game they played up until now? Mm. So, one of the big things like Boston College is not an easy place to play at. Chestnut, Chestnut it's Hill, it's cold. I mean, y'all might be used to that, but Boston College is a different kind of cold. Oh, and yeah. That, that's that environment too like it's not as you know damaging or like you know as intense as an alumni stadium over at nc state but mm-hmm. to me it's going to be very interesting to see how they respond to being away from that i mean i know Louisiana tech was a very good team they actually have a top 20 offense trust me i i, I picked them a lot for a lot of my games i love Louisiana tech and austin kendall but this game to me just screams plus three what do they know about because on paper nc state should walk mop the floor with boston college because they have a better okay. defense they have the better quarterback, and they have really like underrated wide receivers and weapons. So why is it only plus three? And then with Boston College, I know Dennis Grissel has done a really, really good job of actually managing the game. As you said, how Brandon Armstrong should follow kind of that game plan. He's doing his best not to lose the games, even though he did fumble the snap against Clemson inside the red zone, which broke my damn heart. It broke my heart. But yeah, Boston College, this to me is a prime moment for Jeff Halfley to be like, okay, we he had the Missouri game where he beat an SEC team, but now we know Missouri is not very good. Mm-hmm. He has this moment to like succeed and be like, hey, if we beat the NC State team at home and take care of our own business, we can vault into an actual conversation, conversation of how we are the best team in the Atlantic. And I have a really, really bad feeling or like interesting feeling that that might happen this weekend. All right. So from a betting standpoint, NC State Boston College, as you had already mentioned, is plus three. So who are you going with? I'm taking Boston <laughs> College plus three. All right. And I'm hey. taking them plus 125 for the Moneyline to win the game, too. 
Oh, damn. Okay. I feel yeah, that. I think, it's, I think that's, Tyler said it before, I think this is the best game of the weekend in the conference. It's going to be fun. And I think it's going to show really how much, how Jeff Hafley can solidify himself as the best coach in the conference. And he's definitely going to be getting a, a few job offers, not this year, but the coming year after. Man, I hope he stays. I feel like just let's build up the conference a little bit more, guys. Why does everybody have to run to the next best thing? Can we be the best, the next best thing? We're going to hire him. That's why. (laughs) 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 Now, Michael, we're good with you, Michael. We're good with you, Michael, for right now. Yeah, okay. We're good for right now. Anyway, (laughs) let's go back to the top. (laughs) Clemson and Syracuse playing Friday at 7 p.m. on ESPN. They're playing tonight, rather, since we at this moment we're having the show. Who you got? Um, so I got Syracuse plus 13 and a half. I took them at plus 14 at open. I think they're going to okay. cover because mainly the trend is right now that ACC underdogs are 14 and four against the spread. So that means that all the team that's not, that's not favored. It means that they cover. So give okay. me Syracuse plus 14. Cause I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm not giving double digit points at Clemson against anybody right now. If we're being completely honest, they haven't covered I think one game this year. DJ is listening to this right now. He heard you, big dog. He's hey, listen, DJ, up. I'm a huge fan of you, bro. Your dad's hilarious on Twitter, by the way. I would love to ask, ask him about his bodyguard, you know, jobs and everything. But you need to show up, my guy, because you you show up. You win the game. But got to prove it, man. The Carrier Dome, it ain't easy. It ain't easy there. Trust me. It show ain't. All right, 1230 on Saturday, Duke in Virginia. Who we got? Let me get my sheet. I have – I got Virginia minus 10 and a half. I think okay. that Brandon Armstrong actually does show up and show out. I think we've seen kind of a pattern where Coach Cutcliffe is not sort of tailor-making his offense around Mateo Durant or Jake Bobo and also Gunnar Homeboy is kind of more the star. Like, I know you're a QB guru, but just run the damn ball, man. Just run the yeah. damn ball. Maybe do some screen passes. Like, don't try to put everything on Gunnar Homeboy. So give me Virginia at minus 10.5 and, and give me the under 69.5 too as well because I don't think Duke's going to score that. Duke's going to score enough points to hit that total. And, you know, they struggled to score against a Carolina defense. They only put up seven. And to me, Carolina's defense, um, they're starting to get even to me with Virginia's defense, only because that's how annoyed I am with my own school. So I I think <laughs> that it will be a struggle, but I'm hoping they can have a, a, a rhythm, right? Because you've seen Duke is capable of scoring. They're sca- capable of moving the ball nicely, but can they do that consistently? And can they not have these random three and outs that just really don't set them up for success? So I'm with you, but Miami and North Carolina, what you got? I took UNC earlier in the week at minus six. Right now okay. it's Miami plus seven and a half. So my pick for the show actually is, my, is Miami plus seven and a half because I think that they're going to be, they're going to lose this game by a touchdown if we're being completely honest. With I UNC, think it's I, I be that close. But I don't know UNC? it's because of UNC. <laughs> oh, no. See, it's not even that. It's more because I have no, like with UNC, I know what y'all are. Y'all are just inconsistent. Y'all just don't like, you'll, yeah. you'll show up one day, you know, super great. You show up one day. You're very Jekyll and Hyde. You had your Hyde game last week against us. Yeah. This week should be your, no, sorry, you had your Jekyll week against us last week. Now you have mm-hmm. your Hyde game this week against us. And with Miami, there's locker room issues. There's players that are probably going to be leaving out of the portal out of the next few weeks. The bye week, they lost that. They lost that bye week primarily because you're already here. I, Mandy is like, I'm not even kidding. I think the, he, he's probably going to be fired by the end of the year. You might honestly see if they lose against us, he will be fired after that game. And Brett Lashley will be the, uh, the interim head coach. So to me, that's kind of a game with and with Tyler Van Dyke. He, he's not even he's listed as number two. Their real number two is Jake Garcia, the QB three, the freshman that came out of Atlanta. And he's sure. hurt. So he's more starting and necessity. So give me my I know Miami plus seven and a half. They're gonna it's gonna be a closer game because it's gonna be kind of ugly. 
it's not gonna be that fun for you. I know you're gonna be there, but hopefully you can chug enough beers for that. I saw the video of you on, on Twitter the other day. Shout okay. out. Okay, you know so, what? I just need to be. I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna start putting on my uh, bio professional beer chugger because that's the only way I get love around here is when I chug beers. You know what? I try so to work bad. that out in therapy where that's not my resource. But you know, hey, listen, gotta give people what they want at this point. I mean, it was so fast. Like, folks, to check out our Twitter, she literally cussed, <laughs> and I think it's five seconds fly. And I'm sitting there, I was like, I don't drink that much beer. I'm more of a vodka guy. But I'm like, damn, you know. Jesus. Like we're I used to, I used to be an athlete, and don't put beer and competition in me in the same place because I'm so focused on winning. I just do what I got to do. Your girl does what she has to do. All right, Pittsburgh and Virginia Tech. I think Pitt's gonna win this game. They're not mm. gonna cover though. I think Virginia okay. Tech actually will keep it because we'll, we've seen a lot of Kenny Pickett's numbers come from that his like he does his job. It's everybody else that's not doing their job at the team for some reason or another. And yeah. I'm just gonna run ride that trend too. I think this might be a game where Justin Fuentes is like, okay, we lost against we lost against Notre Dame. We'll do our best here, and we'll try to keep the ball, you know, out of situations where Braxton Burmeister is asked to throw like deep down the field just to, just to game manage. And to me, that's gonna keep it close enough. It's gonna be kind of I wouldn't be surprised honestly if Virginia Tech is leading by three coming uh, into the fourth quarter. So give me Virginia Tech plus five, but I'm gonna give take Pitt to win the game. Yeah, listen, playing in Lane Stadium definitely helps Virginia Tech, and I know that they want to defend home a lot better than they did against Notre Dame. So it'll be a big test for Kenny Pickett and company, and especially for Pittsburgh's defense, right? They've been given kind of the cold shoulder as a collective, but I think they're going to have to have a big-time game if Burmeister can move his legs well. If he tries to throw deep balls, man, oh, man, okay. <laughs> We're going to get one of those. We're going to have big Trayvon Diggs energy. Like One of those is going to find their way because I don't think he has a – a great arm in that regard but if he can manage the game correctly they'll be in good shape in my opinion all right so those are all the teams you've heard your betting action you heard what to do so make sure you guys again go to betonline.ag to get yourself settled but as we wrap up the show we want to remind you that there was acc tip-off this past week we've got fsu who's clearly a basketball school now <laughs> and we had <laughs> leonard hamilton there we had a little bit of hubert davis we had coach k don't ask him how he feels about this being his final season. He will not give you a polite answer. I learned that. I didn't learn that personally the hard way, but having to hear him, man, oh, man, that's just one. We could just scratch that off, you know, your question list. But during the week, I will be ensuring that I give you guys content from that standpoint. So every single day, I'll be dropping a vid, a quick little short to kind of give you a rundown from each team, how it went, and all the head coach talk, a couple of the key players, and we'll make sure we get it there. But, you know, just wrapping up the show because we have Jersey Drake here. Who do you think is going to be the leader in the ACC from a basketball standpoint? Uh, I think it's us. If we're, if really? we're book, I think okay. for once, I think it's going to be us actually because we got a really good transfer in Caleb Mills from Houston, mm -hmm. uh, which we we didn't have. Like I love Scotty Barnes to death, but he's not a true true point guard. I think that he we put him there because of his size. He like we he came in that we like he came in as Ben Simmons, you know, without all the, you know, he's got a lot more passion and intensity and actually wants to score points. Unlike Ben Simmons, shout out Ben who actually finally showed up to practice, but we have Caleb Mills. I'm actually stoked for Anthony polite who actually like, he's a, I'm a huge fan of his. He's got a really nice uh, corner three, D three wing three. Malik Osborne too was there as well. And I think that we, we have a, a, some good young talent like Jalen Warley and Matthew Cleveland and coach ham. I think every single year he'll find one player randomly where he brings him in and he takes him from a, Someone that people don't talk about to a lottery pick out of nowhere. Like, look at Devin Vassell two years ago. So, I think it's going to be primarily be us because um, I'm not 100% sure how we see UNC in their first year without Coach Roe Williams. I was not 
impressed at all whatsoever by the Duke team that Coach K had last year. And I mean, I've said my opinions on Coach K on this program and the other program. So I think it's going to be probably it's going to be us if we're going to keep it honest with you. That's very interesting. I think that Duke is going to have a an emotionally charged year, if anything. I think they're going to battle with FSU to be on top, only because that whole play for Coach K, win on his last year, blah, 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 the whole storyline. And when you look at the rest of the field, you know, I think, you know, NC State's gotten better, but they're always kind of that third group trying to be that stepbrother figuring it out. UNC, you don't know what you're going to get with Hubert Davis and company. It could be more of the same. It could be, you know, different energy. And they, but they, the more he tries to make everything the same, the more I think it's going to go backwards because there was need for change, right? There was need for different energy and vibes. It was broke. So you need to fix it. So I think that's just, you know, an interesting take, but also Wake Forest was definitely in some games last season and then they came mm-hmm. up short. But I think with coach Forbes and a new energy that can make things change and they could certainly disrupt some things, but I, I enjoy that, but we can't forget Notre Dame. We finally have to start talking about that. <laughs> Finally, I have to start talking about them here on this show. So there will be that. So that will be some content that you guys can look forward to throughout the rest of the season. We're going to have some football talk mixed in with basketball talk. And, of course, we can't leave you hanging with that Freestyle Friday betting. So all of that good stuff, that will keep you coming back for more. It's Friday. We hope you guys have a great weekend. Jersey Drake, one more time, remind these folks of where they can find you, follow your work. You can follow me at tally underscore underscore Drake as you see below you. If you're watching this on YouTube, you can also follow the podcast at LO underscore Seminoles. You can follow our community at Knowles Anonymous. We have a Discord. We you know take all your questions, all your answers. We talk. I talk about them on the show. You can follow my co-host at Max Moody Seventeen. And folks, we are fans first, people second, content creators, creators third, and everyone. Good luck this weekend for betting. It's the middle of the year. It's, this is probably the hardest week actually to make money. So be very very precise with your bets, folks. Ooh, very good tip. We love to hear that. Hope you guys have a great weekend. We will see you on Monday for that week seven recap. Until next time.